This episode will contain explicit language, along with spoilers for Too Fast, Too Furious, directed by John Singleton and released in 2003. Welcome to a new episode of Franchises and Filmogs. I am the host, Zach. If you are new here, this season we are on season seven and we are talking about the Fast and the Furious franchise. And we're on the second episode of season seven. Uh... And, and what better film to talk about today than the second film in the franchise, uh, Too Fast, Too Furious. And I am joined today, once again, by Steven. Uh, so he is a friend of the podcast, and he is welcome back to the show. Welcome, Steven. Are you excited to talk about some fast movies? Dude, I'm so excited. I'm here to talk about Too Fast, Too Furious. How could I not be in a good mood? Yes, I I like to hear that. I apologize. I did not have you on for the first film in this franchise. I'm so heartbroken maybe we'll, for that. I'm maybe we'll get your your opinions on that in this episode as well. Because um, now I feel I feel kind of bad. I didn't know you were so hyped. I know that you definitely said you wanted to talk about Too Fast, Too Furious, but it sounds like you might stick along the whole franchise. So um, we'll definitely get your opinions on the first film. I'm here for this wild ride. Yes. Um, our, our goal of this season is to come up with as many car puns as possible. Um, oh. So we're going to go ahead and uh, shift it into high gear here um, and, and get started. That That's all I got right now. I think I even used that in the first episode. Uh, oh, but yeah, I I'm didn't sure... take any pun notes. So Yeah, well, Bill, it, I'm surprised by how many car puns that I use over the course of my life that I don't think of. Um, so they'll come up and you won't even think about them. And then I'll be like, oh, you just said a car pun and you can do that to me too, I guess. I don't know. Um, when was the last time you watched this film? You know, it's been a while, but don't worry because Lifetime, I've probably seen this movie conservatively, maybe 15 times. That is astonishing i don't even know if i had seen this whole film once uh i think i did because i kept having this like nostalgic thing or like deja vu where i was like i can remember this scene um it, throughout watching this so this is like probably the number one nostalgia movie of my childhood childhood and life i <clears throat> spent many nights and days watching this movie with a few of my cousins, since we were all at that time really into Hot Wheels, street yes. racing, like Need for Speed Underground, all that type of shit. And this is just like Too Fast, Too Furious was just the perfect amalgamation of all that. Yeah, I mean, this it's, is... It's Need for Speed Underground, the movie. Yeah, it, it is not Need for Speed, the movie, though, which is horrible. No, that, fuck that um, movie. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think this is a, a great franchise to just have a lot of fun with um and it, they're pretty rewatchable films from what i've been thinking about so far um i think the later half of this franchise the films are ridiculously long so we'll see if that holds up uh but this film it, it flew by for sure and i thought it was great um this film came out in 2003 directed by john singleton who I had never seen a film that he directed before, but he does have some films that look pretty interesting that I'll probably watch. I think one of them had Tupac in it. Um, so I will probably look more into John Singleton's filmography. This oh, wait, film is... oh, wait, you never saw Boys in the Hood? No, oh yeah, he did that too. Um, I have not seen Boys in the Hood. Boys in the Hood is a legit classic. Are Four there... Brothers is fun, but... Yeah, there's Four Brothers, Boys in the Hood. There's something like Poetic. I think that's the one with Tupac, Poetic Justice. Is that what it's called? Something yeah, like that. It is um, it has really good ratings, so I kind of want to check that out too. Um, Too Fast, Too Furious is 107 minutes in length, which I think is the perfect length for this film. It is PG-13, surprisingly. I was also surprised to find out, I didn't go over the rating of The Fast and The Furious, Um and that was also PG-13, and I honestly thought that would be rated R, so I was kind of surprised to see that. Um, this film had a budget of $76 million. That's an estimated budget on IMDb, and it grossed $236.3 million as the second film in this 
wild franchise. Uh, so that's kind of the, the logistical stuff or the statistical stuff I've got going on. Um, yeah, I guess I'll do a couple facts. I usually started off uh, with a couple facts here. Uh, I've got uh, about five facts. Uh, this is the lowest rated, and by rating, I mean like critically acclaimed, lowest rated Fast and Furious movie in the franchise, apparently. That's just disgusting. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably have to talk about that later a little more. We'll definitely go over our ratings at the end of this podcast as well. But I, I also don't think I agree with that. Bunch of um, snobs. Bunch of 2003 snobs. Yeah, I mean, okay, well, another fact that goes pretty well with this and might have to do with the snobbery is that this is the last Fast and the Furious film to be released on VHS. So maybe all these snobs watched it on that and couldn't appreciate the true value of this film. True, I, I only saw it in DVD. Yeah, I think I probably saw this film on DVD like once, just because I remembered some of the scenes. Um, Universal Studios had two scripts for this film uh, because they were not sure if Vin Diesel was going to come back. So they wrote a script with his character and they wrote a script without his character. We're definitely going to talk about this later because I have some opinions on Vin Diesel not being in this film. Um, But that's quite the interesting fact. And he is not in this film. This film was uh, partially filmed at Cape Florida State Park. And at the same time that this film was being filmed, uh, Bad Boys 2 was filming on the other side of the same park. So that's pretty interesting. I've never seen Bad Boys 2, uh, but I've heard heard things about it. It's a very popular movie. And the last fact I've got is that... Carter Verone, who is the villain in this film, that's the character name played by Cole Hauser, his mansion was formerly owned by Sylvester Stallone, the actual complex that he's in. <laughs> We're not going to dwell too much on that because there is some uh, Stallone stuff in the news lately about him possibly joining Mar-a-Lago. Um, but knowing that, I'm not surprised that this was uh, formerly owned by him. But cool fact there. Uh, that's all the facts I've got. Did you want to weigh in on any of those at the moment, Stephen? No, nah, man, we can uh, shift to the next segment. Okay, cool. Um, so last episode, I talked about the races, and I don't remember, or I don't know if you remember all of the races in this film, but I kind of am trying to keep track of the races in each film. Uh, to go over who wins each race and kind of if they're exciting or not. Um, Is it not just always Brian, though? It Not <laughs> always. In the first film, no, because Vin Diesel. Yeah, uh, right. but this one, though. Yeah. Um, in this one, so there's a race. Well, I want to talk a little bit in depth about the first race in the film that kind of opens the film. Um or the intro race, as I would call it. Um, Brian is called in by none other than Tej Parker, played by Ludacris. Um, and Brian goes into this race between three other people. Uh, one of them is Suki, and there's two other guys that I actually don't remember their names. I probably should have written that down. Um, call one Fernando Sucre. <laughs> Fernando you ever seen, ever seen Prison Break? He's oh, I have not. one of the main characters. It's the guy in the orange Mazda. Oh. He, Looks like so his he, name on the credits is... Is it Orange Julius? That's his real name? Or no, that's his name oh, on the okay. credits. Like, it, <laughs> it's like... It's Amari Nolasco is uh, the actor. Okay. Gotcha. So there's that guy. And then Slap I think there's Jack. another guy, right? <laughs> guy. Yeah, That's Slapjack, the other guy's character yeah. name, Slapjack? Yeah. You know, there's probably a reason I could not remember these names. Uh, or maybe I should have remembered that. I don't know. Maybe they didn't say those nah. names enough. Um, but in this race, there's a, a smaller prize offered at first, and they raise it to thirty-five grand. And it's a really fun intro race, and Brian wins. So that's the first race. Um, there are some ridiculous stunts that occur. 
during this race and maybe the best stunt in the film, in my opinion. But do you want to talk about the race a little bit, Stephen? Was there anything memorable that you want to bring out before I talk about my favorite stunt? I mean, it's the whole intro. I just, I just love it. This gets the nostalgia juices flowing. The, the second the movie starts with uh, David Banner's "Like a Pimp," just that beat, mm. and then the all the cars showing off. They show off their sound systems and stuff, and. I do love the lead up because I, I think it's at the end of the first fast in the, or prelude to this movie is like a five minute sequence that showed what happened to Brian post the fast so, and the furious. Yeah. I didn't watch that. I heard it's not very good, but I don't know. It's just like a quick thing, but I, I do love the intro where they have to call the replacement and everybody's like, ah, oh, damn, not Brian. Like <laughs> anybody, but Brian. So yeah, it's like, you're already hyped for him showing up, and just, I don't know. The cars are good. The race is fun. I mean, like the the whole like CGI zoom into the car when they do the Nas. And oh shit yeah, does not age that great, but I still love it for how corny it is. I think for like other films that were released in 2003, it holds up great. I'm I really like how corny this film is, and I think that that is the beauty of it. Um, oh yeah. Even though, like, if you really want to look deep into it, you could be like, "These stunts are pretty awful," but I think they're exciting, and I don't really care how awful they are um, because they're exciting. And I, I'm not looking for a serious drama when it comes to a film about street racing. Um, so, yeah, and I yeah. think that it's. I think it's filmed well too. I do think the race is filmed well. I like the characters they have and stuff especially suki suki was like the ultimate childhood crush yeah it's uh i think the so first you start with like a ton of cars in this first scene and a ton of people crowding around so that kind of brings the excitement into the film um but also the coloring in this film is really nice so uh, it's, it's very neon coloring and there's insane blurry scenes but they work because everything is so bright and it kind of makes me go nuts and i want to get up and cheer at my tv for um <laughs> I, I don't care that much about brian i guess but <laughs> for someone to win this race um but it all comes to an end this race when they decide to raise a bridge and i think this is Tej's idea to raise this bridge to like yep. raise the stakes for the 35 grand prize and the next sequence of events is nuts one of the guys whose name i don't remember crashes uh right after he goes over the bridge i think he just like crashes into a pole and yeah, then slapjack maybe yeah it's either slapjack or I already forgot the other guy's or name. Or Julius. Or Julius. One yeah. of them crashes into a pole. Um, and then Brian jumps over someone. I think that's the other guy. Um, I don't remember where Suki is at the end of this, but Brian jumps over. Cross. Yeah, I think she's just behind them, right? Yeah, yeah. She came in, I guess, like, she would have been last but she was like second because <laughs> no one yeah. else finished. And then Brian jumps over the bridge and jumps over another car after jumping over the bridge, which I don't think the physics of this check out probably, but it's fun to watch. Um, yeah. And then so the guy's face, the guy's face when he sees Brian like over his car is 10 out of 10. Oh yeah. Over exaggerated gasp for sure. Um, the acting in this film is decent, which is all I want, really. Uh, so that's fine. Um, so, yeah, that's the first race. Uh, I'll go over the other. I only have three races, I think, in this. But the other two aren't quite as exciting. And we'll probably talk about them more in depth later. But the second race that I can think of or like qualify as a race is a race for Brian and Roman to get a package. Uh, and then the cops appear at the end, but Brian and Roman get away and they get the package and get into Verone's um, gang, I guess. 
It's a tryout race, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a tryout between like 10 people about who can get this package, which I don't even, it's like on the other side of the state or something. Um, this is a race where port, a guy so. fucking dies. The one who like gets underneath the semi-truck and gets oh, stuck yeah. horizontal against the wheels and then it just like goes over him. And then there's a guy who goes like buck 20 into the water barrels at the yeah. exit of the highway people get destroyed in this race okay i kind of forgot about the semi-truck uh but yeah that's pretty brutal. significant that he gets like stuck trying to go under a semi-truck and just gets run over i um, like that scene part because it's like a callback to the i feel like it's pretty iconic the driving under the semi-truck in the fast and the furious the first one when they're hijacking them yeah, that's what I was, um, last episode I talked about that a little actually, and that, I'm like, when I think of the Fast and the Furious, I think about people just like going under semi-trucks. And I guess in this film, they're like, you know, that could uh, not go well for you, so. So many times on road trips as a kid, would I look at a semi-truck as we passed it and be like, I wonder if you could go under that. Or <laughs> just look at yeah. it and was like, no, can't go under that one. Yeah, I don't know what kind of car you drive, but I drive like a car that's a hatchback and I probably wouldn't make it under that. Um, but yeah, as a kid, I, a I think Simic, I was So tempted. I have a chance. <laughs> you have a chance. You'll probably <laughs> lose your roof, but yeah. uh, you can try it and let me know how that goes next episode. Uh, oh, uh, actually, I don't I don't condone that. Um, this Stephen is not a professional and we don't. Uh, condone stunts like that so don't don't get that off this episode (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what just happened i felt like i need to add a little warning um but yeah all the stunts in this film probably don't try them at home uh so yeah that was the second race the third race that i have is roman versus a sunglass dude and then there's like a tag team race it's the pink slip race yeah What's that? The pink slip race? Pink slip, yeah. Racing for you race for the pink slip. Well, the pink slip is the ownership title to the car, so you race for cars. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they like race for cars because they need better cars to do what Verone wants them to do, right? Um, yeah, to pull off their plan, they needed a second set of cars that no one like knew or like had attached to them. Yeah. So they go for, I didn't realize that was called a, a pink slip race. So that's good to know. Yep. Um, so they go like full, uh, this feels like the original film where they race for cars. Cause that's a big thing in this franchise is racing for cars. So Roman versus a sunglass dude and Roman gets way behind. And then he has to tag off to Brian and Brian uh, beats this generic dude. Um, neither sunglass dude or generic dude were memorable to me. So I didn't track their names, uh, but Brian ends up winning and they get to keep the cars. So they're yeah, the ones they race. The, another ones at the beginning um, where they arrive to Verone's and they see Brian and Rome pull up and they're like, oh, you get that car out of a Cracker Jack box. Yeah. And like <laughs> Rome does like the Fonz something at him. <laughs> it's great yeah great character development there yeah there's a lot of like small side henchmen in this film that i just can't keep track of because they all look very similar to me um and just are not memorable i love the sad um scene after the race where it's them with like their girlfriends and they just look like so devastated as their muscle cars are being driven off yeah because they gotta walk home it's the walk of shame um yeah, that's the third race, and that's I think that's the only three races that I really recall in the film that I would qualify as races. The rest of it is like action stuff going on. Yeah. Um, but I think these races are more exciting than the first film's races. They up the ante a little bit, and the cars look a little better. They don't look amazingly better, but it's only, I think, it's three years later than the original film, so not much time. Um, you can't beat Brian's skyline also. It's just such a beautiful car. Yeah, that's true. I need to keep better track of the cars themselves because 
Uh, I also said this in the last episode, but I know very little about cars. Um, so that's what's probably going to be hardest about watching this franchise is trying to describe cars and not know anything about the model. I had to replace my windshield wiper uh, the other day and I had to like go up to the counter and ask them about the correct size for my windshield wiper and it didn't go well. So that's, uh, that's how little I know about cars. Um, I think they told me the wrong size and I was like, why didn't I just look this up myself? Um, but that's the beauty of Google nowadays is I don't really need to know much about cars, which is probably why I'm not that invested either in cars. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. So I fell out of my love for cars, you know, as I got older. It's but very much uh, high watched, school. Yeah. I just watched this movie so much that it's just, I just know the things now. Cause I mean like the two iconic cars are, well, three are like the Supra and the Skyline. And then I think the sky skyline's in the first one, right? Does he have the skyline? I don't even know what a skyline is. I'm gonna be honest. No, it, it's it's his uh, silver car with the blue like stripes and the blue neon. I don't think hmm. it is, but it's the super of the skyline, and then Dom's uh, muscle car might be a charger. And then the two cars they have in this, Brian has the Green Lancer, I believe is what it is, and Roman's in the Purple Eclipse. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it, and I'm gonna trust you because I <laughs> like I don't even remember the colors of the cars. I'm just I'm gonna need to start writing down just car colors to like remember what they're driving each time. Um, but yeah, uh, let's talk about some some stunts and some filming, I guess. Um, I do really like in this film, they use kind of this driver's cam a lot where you're focused like on the driver's face a lot of the time and they're just shaking. And I really want to know how they acted that out. Like if they're just sitting in a chair, like moving their head a lot, uh, but it, it works for me. There's a lot of shaky cam in this one, which I think you need to make a more hectic race. Otherwise it's just kind of too fluid. It could be a car on like a platform, like attached, and and the platform like moves and shakes. Like a around. simulator, yeah, kinda. yeah. That's my guess. Um, yeah, we've got cars jumping over cars in the first scene. We talked about that. We've got the truck running over the car. Uh, we talked about that a bit. Um, oh, in okay, we didn't talk about this in the third race. Uh, Brian wins by playing a game of chicken. Uh, oh yeah i forgot about that boy you got the balls boy guys like way ahead of him and he just decides to face off with him and play this game of chicken and it is really intense and yeah brian i don't know what he was thinking but it worked well he had to pull something out because there was no way he's gonna catch the guy if he had to go down the strip pull the u-turn and catch up that way so he had to like force him off the road but is a car worth your life? I don't well, know. Well, he just, he, he had the confidence. Brian knew he was, the guy wasn't going to just crash into him and he was going to yeah. move out of the way. I don't know. I wouldn't do it. I don't have that confidence, but good for you're Brian. Not Brian. You're not Brian O'Connor. Yeah, I'm no Brian. <laughs> My car can barely make it to like 80 miles an hour. So, um, We've got choppers in this film. I don't think in the first film they had any choppers, from what I remember. So that's kind of an intro to what we're going to get later in the franchise. A lot of flying, because uh, there's only so many films you can do with just ground races. You got to start bringing in the flight stuff. They introduce um, like a crazy tech that I'm pretty confident is not real, which is like the electronic EMP gun. Oh, the that one like that like shoots stabs the, like, his yeah. car. Yeah, it shoots what looks like you you know like a toy crane, like claw yeah. onto the car. <laughs> it's like some James Bond shit that just kills I, all the electronics in the car. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how that works. Like it I don't know what in the that later was. movies too. In a way, oh, does it? I don't remember. I'll have to look out for that. But I know they're like doing stuff with magnets now um so i know that's gonna be a thing 
And that's probably what this whole idea evolved into because this was not believable, really. It just like stabs the car um, and somehow does something electronically. Yeah, but... just yeah, there's like the helicopter flying and like the the spook in the helicopter shoots the car and he's looking at the screen as it's like taking like shutting off the power in each section of the cars. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely fake. <laughs> yeah, but you gotta you gotta one up the stunt somehow each film and this film definitely did it from the first film. Uh there's also I really like the scene toward the end where these trucks have to come out of this garage to ram all the police cars out of the way. Um, and it's just like a street party going on. Um, it's, it's the scramble. They, yeah. call this, they call it a scramble. And it is by far my favorite scene in the movie. I mean, it's just like all the cars driving around, all the cops trying to chase after them. I, I love like the different waves. Like you said, like the trucks that come out and smash the cop cars and then everybody else pulling out of the garage it's just ridiculous it's like car after car after car i just love the overhead shot that lets you see everything yeah i kind of want to know how many cars they used for that scene and how many trucks they used um i was also thinking about this and i kind of want to know like how sponsorships work with these films because i feel like certain car companies probably pay a lot to the fast and the furious franchise just to like show all their cars. Like I feel like Ford might've been a thing with this film. Uh, Cause I, I think they use a lot of Ford trucks, but yeah, it's, it's an exciting scene uh, that feels really classic to me of just everyone running around, not knowing what, what the hell's going on around them. Cause it calls um, back all the characters too, that were even the like, people at the beginning of the movie and they're all just like so excited that's true it's a reunion with slapjack and orange julius and suki and all the other people whose names i don't know so i'm Um, seeing uh over 200 cars and drivers for that scene or for the movie for the scene wow that's insane gotta love it yeah i do love it too (laughs) i think it's top three scenes of the film um at the end of the film so we haven't really talked much about the plot so i guess uh, a very i'm gonna do an extremely basic plot right here uh because i really don't want to dwell on it because it doesn't matter that much um but brian uh starts this he has this race at the beginning so we talked about that and then brian gets Oh my gosh, I kind of forgot the very you want, beginning you want of this me to, film. I can do it. Yeah, you can do it. I just forgot the very beginning, like, why Brian gets involved with the police again. Well, he gets, um, like, I think he gets, like, caught or brought in. He gets caught street racing again. Pulled over. It, it's I, I think they were specifically targeting him is when he got pulled over because they want him to come back undercover to infiltrate the Miami drug lord, lord Carter Verone. Yes. And... When he's introduced, you know, they're like, we want you to kind of spearhead this undercover sting and we're going to sign you an undercover cop as a partner. And Brian's like, hold up, hold up. If I'm going to do this, I want my own guy. He and chooses so his get, worst enemy. And so we get introduced to his childhood best friend, uh, you know, a, a consistent member of the rest of the franchise, Mr. Roman Pierce, Tyrese Gibson. And, you know, they go, They we mentioned the tryout, they try out to be Carter's basically drug runners is the thing. Like, he needs to pull off a heist, and he needs good drivers for the heist. And so they prove they're the best drivers of the group. And then the sting kind of continues where they have to battle the Carter's henchmen from stalking them all the time. There's another undercover agent. Ava Mendez painting, playing Monica Fuentes. And, you know, so the, the rest of the movie is kind of like, you get your action scenes, you get some espionage where they're trying not to get caught and stuff like that. And, and then it all comes to a head when they, they pull off the drug run, moving the, I believe it's cash, from a safe house to an airport. 
And that's kind of when everything falls apart. They get kind of like found out and caught and more action ensues and they bust Carter Verone's ass. Yeah. Carter Verone takes Monica Fuentes hostage basically. And then yeah. Roman and Brian are in this bromance and they are in a car together and they jump onto the boat in the car. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> I, I want to bring up the car jumping onto the boat to capture Carter Verone. Oh, scene. dude, it's so good. The way, like, because uh, they're like driving down the dirt road, they're going so fast, and like Brian does these quick glances at like yeah. the boat, and then like the place where he's gonna jump, and he's like, he's like, Rome, I'm gonna do something crazy, and he's like, he's like, Brian, don't you do this Dukes of Hazard shit, and he he does the Dukes of Hazard shit. Yeah. Jumps a car onto a boat. Yeah, and then when they capture Carter Verone, and I think this is kind of important, but I'm not sure yet. But when they capture Carter Verone, uh, Roman's like making fun of Carter Verone, and he's like, "Haha, we caught you." I don't remember exactly what he says. But then Carter Verone's like, "I'll be out of prison soon," or something. Um, and then Brian's <laughs> yeah. like, "He probably will be out of prison soon." And I don't <laughs> yeah. know if that comes into play later because i don't remember Carter no Verone. i think i feel like the scene was just almost shitting on law enforcement <laughs> i don't know i think they were trying to set something up though like yeah, i feel like they yeah. could have had him as a recurring character or like done the thing where like his family member kind of like the diehard thing um yeah where his family member comes back maybe the next film hans um, verone yeah hans hans <laughs> verone carter oh. gruber um yeah so maybe he'll come back i think there are 11 films planned right now and we're only on nine so still waiting for carter verone to return um but yeah i think that the plot is perfect um no flaws (laughs) whatsoever it's just Uh, passable like it's just good enough for what it is and you just fill the rest of the major plot points with corny fun and and ludicrous quotable jokes and ludicrous and yeah um there's also a scene where they do ejecting seats and this is one of my favorite scenes yes you beat me to it that's what i was gonna say i was like i don't know how i feel about that line i don't know if it's the best or the worst line it is roman pierce just turns to the guy in the car and goes ejecto cedo cuz and ejects him out the side of the car (laughs) and he just like cackles too afterwards he's like oh man yeah it's a beautiful scene um brian unfortunately doesn't get to eject the person because he realizes that he needs the person in his car so he doesn't get a good one-liner manually ejects him though yeah yeah um yeah so let's see what else i want to talk about another scene so the reason that i thought maybe i had seen this film was because of one specific scene that i remember from like being a child and being kind of horrified by but there's a scene where carter verone takes this like detective while they're at like a nightclub and he puts a rat on his stomach (laughs) yeah and puts a pot over the rat and starts to like heat up the pot he has like some weird monologue about rats yeah he tells him that like rats have to well i think like i'm guessing he's going with the thing that like he's comparing the cop to the rat um and then he tells him that the rat has to eat its way out if it gets scared now i don't know if that's true um (laughs) or what a rat would do in this scenario but that i remember that scarred me as a child and that's the reason i was like maybe i have seen this film before i remember that i mean this scene stands out in this movie as so out of place and the same thing in the first one where both the first and the second one just has some strange out of place torture scene it's like an obligatory fast and furious torture scene like the first one they like are like making the guy guzzle the oil oh yeah yeah that's gross um it's just strange it is like the one scene where i'm like why would they add another torture scene (laughs) <laughs> who, yeah. was, who was craving this also again this film is pg-13 like what 
I don't know how you can do stuff like that in a PG-13 film. I do think in this uh, in this film, they didn't use quite as many like racial slurs and sexual slurs, which I was happy with because that was a big thing in the first film for some reason. They used a lot of slurs, and I was like, I don't think this would be acceptable uh, if this film was made today. And I also didn't know that that could be PG-13, but I guess back in the day, uh, it, it slid by. They do feel um, a little raunchy at times, you know? They definitely yeah. like the the whole street racing culture, you know, definitely gets show, shown off with the bikini-clad women and stuff like yeah. that. And, yeah, there's some stuff that, like, I think that because of what this film is about, they have to throw it in there. Um, and I, I don't know. I guess it's a decision they probably struggled with uh, figuring out what to do because you don't want to make it seem like a Disney-fied movie either. Because, um, so. I mean, you have the scene at the beach, too. Or there's some there's some people like near nude. It's like when the when Rome first gets introduced to Tej and you know Rome is like, I love Miami, cause <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, uh, ten out of ten. Uh, what else? What else have we got? I want to ask you what you think about Vin Diesel being missing from this film. I think it's perfectly fine. It lets Brian O'Connor shine. I was always more partial to Brian than I was to Dom. Yeah. So this movie's perfect for me. I'm team Brian. Um, I like Tyrese's Roman Pierce. I feel like if Vin Diesel was in this movie, I didn't know there was a version with Vin Diesel. I just yeah, figured I he just see straight up refused or something at the time. But I feel like Tyrese probably wouldn't have been in it. If Vin Diesel was in it, it probably would have been yeah. Brian and Vin Diesel. And so I'm I'm glad Roman got introduced. And I mean, like, he's still there, you know. What, uh, 17 years later? Yeah. It's, it's pretty insane. I think they would have had, like, they would have had to fix the bromance a little if, if Vin Diesel was in it. Because they would have had to add him. I think maybe they could have kept Roman, but it wouldn't have been the same bromance between Brian and Roman. Um, yeah, and Vin Diesel I, becomes too much of a god in the movies, yeah. and so like the Roman and Brian are more vulnerable heroes. Yeah, that's true. Because I mean, especially toward the beginning, I feel like Paul Walker, like no one knew much about Paul Walker, um, and he was kind of a more scrawny, scrawny guy, um, whereas Vin Diesel's like this huge muscle builder. Um, so I think you get more empathetic towards Brian as opposed to Dom. Um, but I also want to say that I am perfectly fine without Vin Diesel being in this film as well. And quite honestly, I don't think that Vin Diesel is a great actor and I don't know why people love him so much in this franchise. I think he's fine, but he's kind of boring and he's kind of like, he's kind of like a stone wall to me. Like I don't feel anything usually for his character. Um, so I'm okay with this. I think it's unfair to call him a bad actor. I mean, I like Vin Diesel. Like, I think the Riddick, like, at least uh, Pitch Black is a classic. Kind of like sci-fi horror, and I love him as Riddick. I like him as as that character. (laughs) Too harsh. I mean, yeah, like, he he becomes... He definitely becomes stale and a a little boring the way they kind of turn him, like I said, they turn him into the God and he's, he's a little boring. He's kind of a broken record in it. It's certainly like way more entertaining to get a similar persona, but more fun and outlandish from uh, Dwayne Johnson or Jason Statham. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, especially now you can't make a fast and furious film without him. And I'm kind of curious as to what happened after too fast, too furious, because it sounds to me from what I was reading, like Vin Diesel didn't expect to come back. So I don't know if they had to like sell it to him again and be like, Hey, we can make this a big thing, but yeah, I'll if they have, have to, to win him over that. again, that is surprising that like, cause there's a long hiatus between uh more, um franchise canonical version of fast and the furious like between two and the fourth one six years i think yeah with that big of a gap i 
I do wonder like if someone had to convince them and if they did, I hope they got paid. Cause <laughs> yeah, that was a great, great move. Yeah. I mean, he's a staple. He's the only staple really in this franchise now. Um, because I mean, well, you have the newer cast with like the rock and, um, Jason Statham. Uh, and I think Helen Mirren is in this and Charlie's the uh, it's usually yeah, but I mean, like but there might be i feel like you know like tyrese and then tyrese might be like with uh uh vin diesel as like a long longest running characters in the franchise oh i forgot that he does return that's right yeah he's in it a lot um, yeah, tyrese i think is in all of them i think he is He's not in the first one, though, is well, he? Well, I mean, like, uh, yeah, other than the Just first one, like, once he's second. introduced, I think he's in all of them. And so, like, Vin Diesel obviously had the break between second and four. Yeah. Tyrese is great. I really like his character. And I think this film set it up really well. Um, they, they really turn him into a comedic relief character later on oh it does it looks like he's not in the fourth one hmm. i i do wonder i guess i guess vin diesel probably is the most consistent character in it's a weird thing that they just like throw people out and have them come back and then keep switching cast members but they keep like reuniting them every film too i think um, it's because like fast five they really they really figured out what they wanted to do, and it was to have like a Avengers style crew. <laughs> is that when they brought the Rock on, or is that? Yep, I believe yeah. Fast Five and is Jason. the Rock one. The introduction of, yep, yeah. Well, we'll definitely talk about those when we get to them too. Um, I don't think I have too much else on this film. I did wonder kind of why the cops give Brian another chance uh, in this film because Brian already the betrayed job, them. It's the only one for the job. Okay. All right. Well, I don't agree with it, but Wait, do you I don't mean know like, what they uh, see Do you in mean Brian. like why they let him be undercover in the first place in this movie or, or how yeah. he becomes a cop again later on? Uh, both, I guess. Um, but why they let him be undercover in this film because he already betrayed the like cops basically by letting uh vin diesel go or by letting dom go so i don't know why they call him back because yeah but i guess it's like if you need a good driver to be undercover and you already know you have like a former fbi agent who's you know extremely skilled and probably the best driver in the entire like city Mm-hmm. If not state, and yeah. he's like, you might as, you might as well try. I don't know. <laughs> I guess. Uh, I guess at the end of this film, they also prove that the cops don't really trust him because they try to like surround him still because uh, they think he's running. So I guess there's <laughs> that too. Yeah, the um, agent Markham when they're doing the tryout scene, he's like, he's yeah. running. I knew it. It's <laughs> Yeah, and then he tries to mess mess it all up. But, yeah. Um, That's all I've got. Do you have other stuff you want to talk about with this film? Yeah, I mean, I do think, like, I think the movie is quite funny. Yeah. Maybe it's nostalgia-driven, but... (laughs) Driven. Um, There you go. (laughs) But, uh, like, it's so quotable for me. Because, I mean, you obviously have Ejecto Cito Cuz, which is absolutely in my just a phrase dictionary, like my entire life. And I then, think that's the only quote I'll reuse, but. I use the uh, Rome's got the We Hungry because he like eats in every scene, which fucking kills me. I love yeah. that half the scenes he's just chomping on a sandwich, like, We Hungry. <laughs> There's a lot of letterbox reviews about how much how many sandwiches Roman is eating through the course of this film. It's so and they address it too. They have I I like the scene where he's just like, you know, it's like once you're in prison, you figure might as well eat he's like, plus the doctor says I have a good metabolism. Yeah. And 
So I love the love the eating, love the we hungry. He's got the pocket pockets ain't empty, cuz. Yeah. So, uh, that was the recurring one when they when they get the and when they like I guess hide the recovered cash from the FBI. Mm-hmm. Which I'm glad they added in. I feel like you you'd have to remove their like street racer cred if they didn't at least take a little bit of the money for themselves at the end. Yeah. Definitely. I think um a couple of characters in this film feel a little bit underutilized, actually. I was thinking, like, Ludacris. I don't really know why he's in this film, because they hardly use him. Um, it, it feels like they were setting him up to be a character later on, but I think this is the only film he's in, right? I mean, I don't think Ludacris was big in acting at this point. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think... It was pretty much just like a small role for him, and I mean, like Tyrese was a musical artist, so they have him in it already. Is he? And yeah, he was. He I was a that. musical artist before actor, I, I believe. Oh, I didn't know that. <clears throat> so I also think um, Eva Mendez is kind of underutilized in this film. Uh, she kind of feels like a Bond girl. Yeah, she's definitely given a Bond girl thing. So I mean, she does. That might just stuff, be a thing of its time. Least. She's at least, like, been undercover for a while, and she does do some stuff. So I don't think she's completely shafted in it, but... Yeah. But she was pretty big at this time, I think, too. So. Yeah, it is... Yeah, I mean, I do think, yeah. Like, Ludacris, I think, was definitely just a side character, and it's like, when they made more movies, they're like, why not bring Ludacris back? I, I think they're just kind of like, let's bring everybody back. Which annoys yeah. me, because why didn't they bring Suki back... What the hell? Yeah. Fast and the Furious producers casting. Why didn't they bring Slapjack and Orange Julius back? Maybe they did. Who knows? I mean, yeah, those are okay, but like, <laughs> not having Stooky is a crime. Yeah. yeah I wanted cause... more, especially more of her car. Like, there's like the scene where she's drawing her own car, which is, uh, I love that scene because it was just like, you know, once again at the time being in the cars and like the Need for Speed stuff, like watching her like design her own car. It was just like, it's like I could do that, but yeah, I couldn't because I'm not talented. Um, <laughs> but we all tried. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like obviously I can't draw my own design for a car because I'm on a. I wouldn't be on a podcast if I could do something like that. But <laughs> <laughs> be selling art. <laughs> yeah, it was, so I mean, I just love the scene. I she's a she's like the best side character. She's mm-hmm. also like like it, it feels like she's dating Ludacris in the movie. Yeah, so it would have been just does. like a perfect tie-in to bring her back, but whatever. Yeah. What else? I think that's still that's all I got written down. Um, you got anything else? You know what? <laughs> I guess like, what what do you do, what do you think of the acting? Because you, you voiced your opinion on Vindy. So what do you think of uh, Cole Hauser? Of you know all the side characters. I think Tyrese does a good job as just being a fun. Yeah, Tyrese. I feel character. like Tyrese has the most development as a character in this film, which is probably why I like I like his character the most in this film. Yeah, um, it's actually. I think Roman is a fun true. character. I, he does like really when I mean, you look at like what he kind of gets in the later movies to what he gets now. I mean, he, he obviously is like the second lead, but he gets a lot, yeah. a lot to work with. You know, he's starting off as the guy under house arrest doing demolition derby. Yeah, and then I think Paul Walker is just—I mean, he's the heart of this franchise. Um, so I think he's he's good in this film. I think he's better in this film than he is in the first. Um, but that might just have been because it's the second film he's been in and he knows the character better now. Um, it's to shine a little bit more. Yeah. Cole Hauser as Carter Verone. Uh, he's fine. I don't think there's anything too special about this villain and there doesn't really need to be. Um, so he's fine. I don't think he's bad. I don't think it's an amazing performance either, but as a mobster, it's believable. So... I want to uh, shout out Agent Dunn for just looking like such an absolute goofball. He's the guy at the beginning when Brian is like, I don't want to take on one of your cops as my partner. 
Mm-hmm. And, and they're like, you're going to take Agent Dunn. And he asked Agent Dunn, like, the loaded question about what he prefers in a car. And, and he was, like, oh yeah, making this, like, a trick question that it was, like, um, sizes of, like, gas station drinks. Yeah. And I just, that guy looks so stupid in that scene. I don't know, he just does a great job of looking like such a schlub. You yeah. Know, like, you see that and it's like, well, obviously you can't have him. Isn't he, like, drinking that. a soda and eating something? Yeah, that's why That's why Paul Walker fucks with them in that scene. Yeah. Makes yeah. an example out of him. Yeah, this film might have needed more of his character. <laughs> um, Agent Dunn should return in, uh, Fast 9, whatever it's called. Fast and Furious 9. You know, you can tell me anything is going to happen in F9. I think they're just calling it F9 right now. Mm, Which I don't know if that's a car reference, because I don't know anything about cars, but... I mean, there's F1. uh, I don't know if there's an F9. F9 racing. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I'm excited to watch the new one. Maybe in a theater? That might be the first film I see in a theater. Uh, since covid started who knows um yeah the i definitely want to watch the fast and the fear because it's it's gonna be three hours and like 20 minutes i believe is the runtime yeah f9 why (laughs) which makes me shaw was like two and a half hours wasn't it it was really long okay no okay it's okay two hours and 30 minutes it's not three hours if it was it would have been great though yeah I'm definitely well, going to go. I feel like I definitely want to see it in theaters. I feel like we're going to have to, we're definitely going to have to talk about it on the podcast. So, and we might even roll right up to it um, with releasing episodes. I'm planning to release once a week. So um, we might even roll through all these episodes and get to that. So if you're listening, uh, you can look forward to that for sure. Eventually we'll definitely do a podcast uh, together on that film um i guess before we close this episode unless you have more you really want to talk about specifically on this film uh nope not on this film okay i have a couple questions for you we're not just ending it right here um my first one was going to be about your knowledge of cars but we already kind of talked about that so i'm gonna skip that um but do you have a favorite racing movie uh, <laughs> trying to think of racing movies like i saw the ford versus ferrari i never oh, saw I, haven't seen that. I never saw rush and i'm yeah. really trying to think of other racing movies i mean you got cars you got the oh yeah talladega That's nights true. i guess i i put two down that i could think of that i really like i like rush a lot i would highly recommend it if you haven't seen it um, and I put down Talladega Nights as well. This one's uh, probably my favorite. Fuck it. I mean, Talladega Nights one? is funny, but yeah, I I just vibed in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Rush might be my favorite, but I also haven't seen Rush in a really long time. This is a close. It, this is close to the top. Now I'll also have to see what I think of the other Fast and Furious films, but I think from here they move a little bit away from racing. Um. So I'm not sure if I would qualify them as racing movies as much once we get to like Fast Five or once we get past Tokyo Drift, I guess. So, yeah, uh, that's the only question I have for you. Do you have any questions or? Yeah, other stuff? A side note, I Googled the F9 film length. Yeah. And Google says three hours and 23 minutes, but IMDb says two hours and 25 minutes. I want to say that the trailer was like five minutes, so I wouldn't be surprised if the film is like five hours. I'm uh, really hoping for a three-hour version. I just, I, I don't know if they can pull off three hours of non-stop adrenaline, but I yeah. hope to God they can, man. Yeah. But yeah, should I mean, be fun. What I mean is, what what's your? I'll well, we'll just do the classic. What's your favorite film of two thousand three, or best and worst? All right, let's see here. You threw me on a little bit of a loop, but I found out a really fast way to look this up. So let me see here. I don't uh, have a lot. 
new log for 2003, it looks like, but I still got some goodies. Oh my gosh. Um, hold on. I'm still going. You can, you can start actually, if you want, while I do this. Yeah. I mean, a, uh, movie that was an episode of the podcast, Memories of Murder. Oh, that was 2003. Yeah. That's going to be, that's definitely my top one. And besides that, I mean, you got, uh, Return of the King, which I, it's tough between Return of the King and Memories of Murder. Yeah. And, you know, Mystic River, I I love that movie. First Pirates of the Caribbean movie, that's a classic. Yeah, I have that in there. Um, uh, School of Rock, there you go, that's that's a great movie. Yeah. It's another heavy nostalgia one for me. Worst movies of the year, I, I don't have too much log, but I'll just, probably The Hulk. The, the 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 2003 hulk hmm that's the um is that the incredible hulk no one with the, it's the eric banna one it's the first hulk uh, not the norton yeah. hulk oh okay i was thinking of the norton hulk i don't i don't think i've seen the eric banna hulk or the norton hulk so oh heck jennifer conley's in this movie all right, I've got mine pulled up. I only have uh, six films logged, actually. Uh, I have Memories of Murder, The Lord of the Rings. Um, I've got Lost in Translation pretty high up. Mm. And then my least favorite movie of that year, out of all six that I've logged, is The Haunted Mansion. Oh, I have that one logged. I don't hate that movie, though, but I haven't seen it since I was probably, like, 10 years old. I just watched that movie for the first time a couple of years, or a couple of uh, months ago. Why in the world? It was not good. Did you watch it? I don't even remember. All these years later. I must have been drunk. I don't know. Honestly, Um, I probably watched it when... I was, yeah, I probably watched it like a year after it came out, like when it was on DVD, so like 10. So I'm going to give 10-year-old self the benefit of the doubt. I have it as like a three-star right now. That could change. I just remember having fun with it as a kid, which I mean, I guess it's all you could ask for with the Haunted Mansion. Yeah. I mean, I gave it a two and a half, so that's not bad. Um, It's not good, but it's not bad. Um I guess I also would like to know what you would rate this film. Yeah. Too Fast, Too Furious. I have it at a three and a half out of five. That's where I'm at. I forced myself to put a nostalgia buffer on it Mm -hmm. of one and a half stars. My heart, in my heart, it's a five out of five and always will be a five out of five. (laughs) But just for some form of a consistency i'll give it a three and a half teetering on four teetering on four all right i also give it a three and a half um i think that this film is underrated from what i'm reading what people are saying if it is the lowest rated fast and furious film i don't think that's accurate um i personally enjoyed this film more than the first one I don't know if I'd say it's a better film because the first one sets up everything um, with a fight over a tuna sandwich. That's how this whole franchise starts. Um, But I think that this one is more enjoyable than the first one. This is an an interesting talking point to kind of derail this and possibly extend the podcast a little further. Um, Like, what is your opinion of kind of rating movies like this alongside you know like you got like akira kurosawa classics or you know 12 years a slave you know all these oscar movies all these art house movies like how do you feel about like rating them alongside them i feel like you really have to take context into account in terms of like you know like did this movie like come out to make you cry and make some like profound moral statement or try to like, you know, boggle your mind like a Denis film would. It's like, no, mm-hmm. 
It's just you you sit down, you have fun, you laugh a bit, you enjoy some cool stunts. I just yeah. find it so strange. I guess like maybe it's different now. Like if this movie came out now, I feel like it would be re-received more positively. Especially kind of more in the era of ultimate blockbusters. Yeah. It's just back then, it's, you know, it's like I haven't read any of these reviews. I feel like people are going to be like, oh my god, like how this is so awful. There's no, (laughs) there's no themes or whatever in it. It's like, who cares, buddy? I think that going into this film, I mean, going into a film like this of any big franchise, uh, except like maybe Lord of the Rings, um, I'm looking for like a popcorn film, a film that I can just sit back, eat some popcorn and enjoy. I'm not looking for depth. Now, if a film offends me, it's different. Like if if it's offensive and dates poorly because of that, then that's going to lose a lot of my rating um, because I think that is still important no matter the time. Um, do I think you shouldn't familiarize yourself with those films? Not necessarily. Um, but for a film, any Fast and Furious film, I'm not going into it for amazing themes, amazing uh, story amazing drama or amazing characters even i mean i guess i kind of am going in for characters because characters make it enjoyable but i'm not looking for a fully fleshed out plot uh or a bleak film like a, a villeneuve film um it's so i, yeah. I don't know it, it's i i guess like maybe if like you were like really not into cars at all like, I feel like even if you're not into yeah. cars on a personal level, like the characters are in this movie, you can see you'll be like, this stuff's cool. But I mean, if you just hate the idea of cars in general, like I could see you really like not digging this movie, but I'm going to. Well, I'm also I'm also looking at stunts and how they're done, I think, and kind of thinking about that, but also placing it into the context of this film came out in 2003. They did not use the technology that they use today for films. And now I think I'm more critical of films like this today than I would have been back then, because I know what a a, like really good CGI can look like. And back then I would not really have known at all. And this seems like it would have been kind of leading, um, back in the day when it comes to stunts so yeah i mean i'm gonna i i decided because i was curious i pulled up the negative review on metacritic mm-hmm. found a guy i'm familiar with uh james berardinelli i don't know if you've heard of him no i haven't I'm gonna put him on blast a little bit because he gave he gave the movie a half star <laughs> and he and, and like the entire review he's trying to write in the style that like Ebert does in any of his famous negative reviews, but he's not as good of a writer as Ebert. Um, and I don't know. He's just, he's just calling the movie pathetic. He calls the chase, the scenes in the race scenes boring, which is I don't think of, it's boring at all. No, it's not boring. I don't like, that's the I thing is really I kind of want to know what I think it is. I kind of want to know what, what like Ebert wrote about this. Um, because I feel like he probably would not have liked this film that much. Uh, But when I'm looking at criticizing films, if I'm having fun, it's a good film to me. Um, If I'm bored out of my mind, it's probably a bad film. So, or if the film makes me mad because of what is in it, it's probably a bad film in my opinion. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And you just like, it's like, it's one unending chase with occasional pauses for bad dialogue, tissue, paper, thin character then development, and an occasional shot of a woman in a bikini. Now, now yeah, go ahead. That's all, you know, mostly true and fair, but also, I don't even give a shit. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's one of those movies where it's like, you have, I think, two charismatic leads. Mm-hmm. And Paul Walker and Tyrese Gibson, I I think they have good chemistry together, and that's like I mean I was like well you don't really need the character development as long as you have the chemistry and then entertaining scenes. Yeah, it's it's like a buddy cop film. You don't necessarily need uh, to flesh out each character as long as they're they're together and 
running off of each other. And I mean, when you when it comes to dialogue, there is no better dialogue than ejecto cedo cuz. So I don't it, yeah, I don't even is. understand that. This it's, is full of one liners, and I'm fine with that. It's just like that stuff is just it's funny, and I guess maybe it's like really lacks a sense of humor that's possible um <laughs> yeah uh, and like, also maybe he a... thinks the movie is taking itself seriously so he's like oh the movie thinks this is good dialogue it's like i i think it really isn't i mean like john singleton is a talented director i think his like taste considering he made boys in the hood before this in dialogue and stuff and what's good like i think he knows what's good yeah i mean i go into this film and i look at the title and it's called too fast too furious and i know i'm not gonna watch a very serious film so i I don't know oh dude yeah so broadinelli gave it that half star and shits on it and calls it like pathetic excuse for a movie roger ebert gave it three stars out of four love it Roger, I, I, that dude. I accept. I would accept two and a half to three stars probably for this film. I personally enjoyed it a lot, so that's why I give it a three and a half. Um, but I understand an argument for eh, two to three and a half. So <laughs> the first, yeah. See, like his first sentence in it is that John Singleton's Too Fast, Too Furious tells a story so shamelessly preposterous, all we can do is shake our heads in disbelief. This is true, and it's for the better. And he yeah. he talks about how, he said, consider that the big climax involves a Miami drug lord who hires two street racers to pick up bags full of money in North Beach and deliver him the keys and adds, you make it, I'll personally hand you 100 Gs at the finish line. Ebert added, Hell, for 10 Gs, I'd rent a van at the mall and deliver the goods myself. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love that game. Yeah. Uh, did he, you see, even like, I, I, there's some, he has some questionable views, some questionable takes through the years, but like, he knew how to have fun at least when, yeah. And recognize when I mean, a movie's having fun. Like, I think there's movies mm-hmm. that are similar to Too Fast, Too Furious that aren't good because like they are legitimately boring in the action they give the dialogue's not funny the characters have no chemistry but also they take themselves seriously i think it's like yeah. a big thing yeah yeah i would i would agree um i think that's that's it i think we're gonna cut this episode um but steven is gonna be back and probably do the soul franchise with me i'm thinking yes um so you can look forward to that next week. Now, I'm planning to do Fast and Furious because we're doing this in chronological order. Steven might talk me out of this and we might do Tokyo Drift instead. But I think I'm going to try and do this chronological order because Han deserves justice. I don't know much about Han. I just hear stuff like that all the time. Um But Fast and Furious, the 2009 film, is the plan for the next episode directed by justin lynn uh so you can look forward to that steven do you have any parting notes uh or parting comments you'd like to make uh ejecto cedo cuz ejecto cedo cuz see y'all next time peace